Well, hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. I am your host today, Elisa Keaton. And today we have a returning friend on the show. I love this girl. I love this girl. She gets us, guys. And here's what I love about Lisa Whittle. She just burns for the Lord. <laughs> She's a, a, a fiery one who burns for the Lord. And today she's going to be sharing some of her concepts and ideas from her book, God Knows. It's her eighth book. It's actually the last book in a trilogy series that she has been writing from Jesus Over Everything, which I think was a New York Times bestseller. So if you don't know that book, go listen to that one. It's like a seek first the kingdom. This is the thing. And that's what we're always telling you here at Revelation Wellness. Seek first him, Jesus over everything. And then she wrote the book, uh, The Good Hard, which hello, we know about the good hard here, don't we now? And then now her book, God Knows is released. Y'all, she had me crying in like the first five minutes to just reflect on the sovereignty and the omniscience of who God is. God does know. I just think you're gonna be encouraged by our conversation. And the fun part about her book is it is lining up so much with my book, which has just come out. It's available now, you guys, The Body Revelation. You can get it today. We'll put it in the show notes. Get this book in your hands and have those spiritual and physical practices for metabolizing your pain. God knows your story. And that's what Lisa's going to talk about. The story, our past, when things didn't go the way we thought they should and how knowing God and knowing how he is above it all, gives us great rest. And that's what my book, The Body Revelation, is gonna give you as well. But this is the rest for your body. Lisa's gonna be talking to your mind and your heart. And she also is a lover of us here at Revelation Wellness and what we're doing with the body. And for my book, I'm gonna come at you from the body, from the struggles, from the pain, from the hurt you feel, the good hard to take from Lisa and to encourage you back to that place that God knows. And you are not a mystery to him. Your body is designed by him. And even your life circumstances are signed off by him. Here's a great conversation with Lisa Whittle, author, Bible teacher, and just a good old fire starter for the love of God. Be encouraged. Thank you donors for making this podcast happen. And we'll see you in all the places. Peace. All right, Revelation Wellness community, if you're watching this on YouTube, look how beautiful our friend Lisa Whittle is. It's so good to see you. Are you like actually showered or is this dry shampoo? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> it is all smoke and mirrors and dry shampoo. I actually debated this morning. I was like, am I going to wash my hair? And I thought, no, we can dry shampoo it another day. Honestly, how far can you go? Let's talk the real stuff. How many days can you go without... Oh. I can go a lot of days because, you know, as you get older, your hair gets drier. And uh -huh. so, oh man, I can go probably four days without washing my hair. Oh my, I can't get, uh, by day three, it's mold. I can mold it like clay. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, it's oh, like yeah. the grease meets the dry stuff. It's so bad. Anyways. All right, y'all friends. Lisa Whittle is here. She has written her 8,000 book. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's your eighth book, but my gosh, girl. She's written her book, God Knows, and you have been in the places talking about it. Lisa, what is it about this book? Why did you have to write this book? Well, because I, I wanted myself and also 
everyone reading to come to a place of rest and to find a place yeah. of relief. The book is not about rest, by the way. It's not a book about how to find, you know, rest in your schedule. That's not what it's about. It is a literal book to say, hey, that relief you're looking for, that comfort, the place that your spirit will finally place, find a place to settle and rest is in the knowledge that God actually knows and is on it as far as everything that's going on in your life that you can't make right yourself. And, mm -hmm. and for me, that was a word I needed. You, you know, I think you and I relate in the sense that there are a lot of things that if it were up to us would be different. We would try to change it, manage it, handle it, all of the things. And yeah. so for me, Elisa, I just had to come to a place where I thought, does God really have it? Is he really on it? And I know and believe that he is, but I want to know a little bit more about that so that mm -hmm. I can sleep differently at night. And I think there's a lot of people who want to know that. Yeah. And then the subtitle of the book is when your worries and whys need more than, I love this, temporary relief. Yeah. Yeah. Because don't you think we are living in a world and society where temporary relief just hits hits it for us. And we're yeah. willing to take the temporary over the eternal or the long game. We'll take the short game any day. Yeah. Well, that's just it. And I'm at the place where I'm sick of the temporary. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us are, you know, I'm tired of getting by, getting through. This is enough for the moment, you know, mm -hmm. feeling better for a time. I, I just think that I, I, I think that is not an enough for the massive things that are happening in our lives. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not enough mm -hmm. for the global things that are happening. There's too many big things now. So it seems like, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago, perhaps all of those temporary relieving things felt like they could get us by. But now we are in states of grief and, mm. uh, you know, worry and struggle and anxiety that they're just, they're just too big. They're just too big. They're too much. And so there's only one that can take those things on. And, you know, he's always been big enough, but I think we are finally to the point where we're like, I got to have more than what I've had before in my Come life. On. Yeah. So that's, that's what really for me. And I know I'm not alone. We always think we're the only ones. No, nah, we're not the only ones. And so th that's why it, this becomes such an important message. Mm. You had, is this a quote from the book? And you, you said this somewhere, it's probably in the book with Jesus. We never have to rewrite history. God mm -hmm. is gracious to give us insights into how our past informs us and even more gracious to wipe away the shame of it. This is why you and I are like tracking here. I think what the Lord's wanting to do is something so much more than just this temporary thing. I have a book coming out called The Body Revelation about metabolizing our pain, getting yes. rid of the shame that we carry around in our body. Mm. And for you, I mm. want you to tell us more as you press into like God knows and, and writing that book so that we can go, our past does inform us, but there is a grace that, sh that can wipe away the shame. Yeah. How does this message play out in your view from the God knows perspective? Yeah, that, that was from, that's from the chapter, God knows your past, because here's the thing we, we tend to want to do one of two things with our past, right? We either want to completely ignore it 
and mm-hmm. say, I, I want to distance myself completely from the past, which is normal. There's a lot of things in my past. I, I really lament, right? They're kind of embarrassing. They're, you know, they, they're heavy, they're hard, or we want to just continually stay there. And so we're just camping out constantly in our past. And I think there's a third option here, which is we look at our past and we say, how, how does the past inform me? And then what, what does God want to do with that? And so one of the things that I find really important, because when we think about this idea of God knows, which by the way, people, it rolls off their tongue. They say it all the time. Oh, God knows. God God knows. knows, Yeah. But I want people to see this as much more, Elisa, than some soundbite, because it is, you have to understand that when you say God knows, he actually does. Like he knows every (laughs) single thing, not only about your past, but the present and the future, that means in 50, yeah. he knows what's going to happen with you in 57 minutes. He actually knows that he knows absolutely everything. And so sometimes I think we get this idea and especially in our, in the faith community, wow. we're like, okay, so God knows my past. And we look at it as this sort of strict, um, you know, principle type of idea of like, oh, he knows everything. It's like the weird mm. Santa Santa type of idea. Like he knows mm-hmm. when you're bad or good. He's watching over you. Yeah, right. he's watching you, keeping score. Right. Exactly. What I want you to start thinking is, oh, this is so beautiful. Yeah. God knows. There's only one person, by the way, in this entire universe that knows absolutely every single thing about you. And you say, oh, you know, my best friend, they know everything. No, they don't. It Mm -hmm. says in the Psalms that God knows the secrets of every heart. Mm -hmm. That means that the one thing that you've never uttered out loud, the, the thought that just went through your head, there's only one person that ever, that knows about that. And he, but here's the caveat knows and loves you still without condition, without spin, without qualification, without even without a bias, without even anything, you know, even our, even our loved ones, there's moments where there's some tension or whatever, because, you know, we're human beings. So there's a rub at some point. Mm -hmm. And so even the best of us who love each other so, so much, even the unconditional peace that we throw around, God knows about your past. He knows every single thing about you. He knows the the wickedest thought you've ever had. We've had some yeah. bad thoughts in your head. Come on. And he loves you just the same. And so if that's the case, then shame has no place in your life. It just has no place in your life because this is God. This is the God of the universe. And you're not you're not better than him. You're not higher. You're not bigger. And so that shame has to have a place and that place is is nowhere in this world it's it's it it actually goes to as you would probably say the pit of hell right amen amen that's where it belongs yeah this is so crazy because then what we're really kind of saying it's just this is a great topic to talk about because you're right i don't think we talk about it we minimize that god knows or we put it in this watchful place or scary place yeah but if you if you pull back and think about that in every way and every time it's a relief. It is a, I can let go, which I'm going to come from my side is our bodies. We hold so much stress, worry, fear of the future, regret of the past, shame, right? All that. When, if we really pull back and think about the reality of God knows it releases us from all the fears of what is, I do this a lot for my children. Like, I feel like my children are still the greatest 
refining tool of my faith because either I trust God or I don't to do, to know his, their story. I don't know it. Yes. I would like to control it. I'm there are parts of me that want to get my grubby hands on it. But when I pull back and go, wait a minute, God loves them more than me. God knows them more than me. How mm. do I partner with God in this moment so that I'm on the right side of history? Yes. Yes. I mean, everything you're saying, I so deeply resonate with, first of all, the, the, the child piece, because mm. there's nothing that is more frightening, I think, in, in mm. life, in this world, uh, than feeling like you know, your, your child who you love so, so deeply and desperately mm -hmm. is, um, is out there. And at a certain point, especially as they get older and I have adult children, you realize, oh, one, the smoke screen of control. I never actually had it. I, I, th I think I thought I did. And you know, when, when they're little, there is a tiny measure of control. You Yeah. Have. Like you get to choose what goes yes, on the plate. You that, get to choose when the TV right. goes on or off. So there is that. Yeah. Exactly. You can paint their room a certain color when they're, they're little. And then they can tell you, I hate that when they get older <laughs> and they will, and they will, They will. <laughs> but, but you're right. I think that's the thing, Elisa, I had to come to the place. I, I thought I have to have the reassurance that, that someone has this and it's not me because I know that I can't handle all of it. And, and there will be a point in your life, listener, that you will come to the place where you say, oh, I, I actually, I actually don't have it all. And what I want it to become is a place of relief. I think the body too. Oh, Elisa, I could, I'll talk to you about this all day long because the body has been such a lifelong journey for me. And it is a moment perhaps, or maybe moments where you have to say, I, I can't manage all of what I want or what I think I can manage with my body without someone who is actually the one who created me with this body, yeah. helping me maneuver this process, right? I, I think we've, we've all tried so many methods to you know, try to, to be the one to, to, to know what to do all the time. And um, one of the reasons why I think your book is so crucial in this, in this moment is because it, it gives us the real tools that we need to point to the one yes. who was the originator designer. and the genius designer of this body that is so good. Uh, culture has, has confused us. And I think in our own shame places, talking about shame, we have made it somehow bad and mm -hmm. then tried mm -hmm. ways to control, to make mm -hmm. it better in our eyes. But it all goes back to the God who knows how even our bodies work the best, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love you. First, I just want to say publicly here for all to hear, I love and thank you for championing and cheering me on, <laughs> cheering mm -hmm. on in this, this. Uh, what feels like, you know, it's can be kind of fallow ground because the body has had, uh, we've over, over, over glorified it, made it more important than it is, yeah. or diminish it to nothing. It's like this huge swing into both sides, which it just, it's, it's shame in different ways. Mm. And in your book, you talking about God knows you kind of get after self-help, which I know what that's like when we're trying to, to 
figure it out for ourselves. Give me your, your spew, your, your viewpoint on self-help and mm. how we get in that cycle and how do we get out? Well, you know, I, I, I love psychology. I love therapy. I love all of that. I've done plenty of it. And I was a psychology student. So I think that's great, but it's a certain point we have gone on this journey, Elisa, I think so, so deeply to understand ourselves and (laughs) it just has become, I think a crutch to a degree. I think it's become an idol. Anything good can become an idol by the way. And as we have done that, it hasn't produced in us. I, I just look at results. Look, I'm just a common sense person. So I just look at results and I say, what has all of that self-discovery done for us? I think in many ways, it's, we, we see the results. It's produced anxiety. It's produced angst. It's produced yeah. uh, more of a self-focus. And we haven't become better people. Wow. I think we've become in so many ways worse, right? So yes. all it's produced in us is this, just this desire to be more about us. And what I propose is that the way to find more security in this world, the way to find more rest and more settledness is not in saying, let me pull apart more insights into who I am. It Ah. is let us find more about God, the stable place. He is the one that we find our, our peace and our safety in the cleft of the rock, right? It's not. Alisa in me saying, let me discover more about how Lisa Whittle works. Listen, I have lived with Lisa Whittle for 51 years. I know how this woman works. And let me just say, I have, I, I think I've pulled apart the intricacies of this personality for many, many, many years. Again, believe in going and getting some counseling and some help. And I think those things are so fruitful. But I also think let's remember that's a tool. That is a tool that ultimately needs to go somewhere. It needs to be used for something. And so for me, it's like, I believe that has been wonderful, but I also believe it is with the ultimate desire to say, how can I be used in the kingdom of God, but also yeah. how can I be used in, in still just the bigger picture of finding my help and hope from the Lord ultimately. Mm. And that's the biggest, biggest issue. Gosh, you, you're nailing it. The whole self-help thing. We can go on and on about learning the next thing that will help me or who I'll look. Here's how the world does self-help. They go in okay, I'm looking at myself, there's a problem. And then it goes out. What are you doing? How do you do it? Let me find the book. And then in and out just goes down. You're not, you cycle around back to yourself again. But in Christ, it's up. We go up first. Who's God? What does he say? Then we can come in, go, okay, God, therapy, help me out here. But God goes first. I mean, that not this a book? You're, this is a trilogy book. This is, yes. you did Jesus over everything. There it mm-hmm. is. <laughs> up. Jesus over everything. If we start there, we got a good run and start to getting somewhere where transformation happens. And then you wrote the hard good, mm-hmm. which by the way, I've read these books every summer and God knows I have it. I'm sitting on it and I'm going to read it because you are with me every summer because you're writing books <laughs> like you. every year, girl. <laughs> so I sit in my pool and I float and I read your voice. Like I get to be with my friend in my time read. But it's this, it's all pointing towards God, 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 God knows it's hard. 
he's over it. Like, if you look at it, you're such on the track of let's get off of the track of looking at ourselves all the time. There is nothing there <laughs> except more busy work. I mean, I would just propose to, to, to anyone listening, anyone watching that, that they would just think about their own life, right? Don't, don't, t- don't even take my word for it. Just look at your own life and say, maybe you've been going to therapy for 10 years, or, or maybe you've really done the work great. But I would say to you, where, where are you going with all the self-discovery and how has it helped you? Uh-huh. I'm sure it, I'm sure it has helped you, but are you more secure and stable? And do you want to be ultimately secure and stable in more than just, I now know my personality and how it works? Mm-hmm. Because I think again, that is part of a process but finding our rest and peace and hope will not be found in figuring out how you best operate in relationship with other people. That will yeah. certainly help you in your relationships with other people, which by the way, is wonderful because let's get along with other people better. I'm a big, mm-hmm. big proponent of that, mm-hmm. but that's not where we, we sleep better at night. That's not how mm-hmm. we sleep better at night. That's not yeah. how when great tragedy hits our life. We are right. able to cope. I mean, I'm going to tell you something. I love knowing, and I like the Enneagram. So if you don't, I, I'm sorry, but I like it. I think You're it's fine. a great, I think it's a great tool, but being an Enneagram, that doesn't help me when my friend calls me in the middle of the night and tells me she has cancer. I'm just going to tell you right mm. now, that does not help me and, and make me go, well, you know, let me tell you. What, what Enneagram number are you again? Like that doesn't help me with that, Elisa. Right. What helps me is to say, you know what I know from the word of God is that I know that he will be with you. Yeah, I know true. that he loves you. What I know is that in moments of great tragedy, and I've walked through people with, the, with, tra- with people with tra- in tragic moments a lot and in my own moments, I know that the only thing that helps is the right. knowledge that God actually does have the whole world in his hands. And those, that's why I say we need more help than self-help. And mm-hmm. that's where we go. God either knows or he doesn't. And as you talk about this whole trilogy, you know, the, the re- idea is when you are a person and you're a believer in Jesus Christ, there, there really are some just core basic things here. And we can, we can fill our life with a lot of other things. And I think we should get better, but you either put Jesus first or you don't because priority order is the most important thing of your life. If he's not first in your life, nothing else will matter. You've got to deal with your stuff. And then you've got to come to a place of settledness and rest because Elisa, my whole life, I've been a wrestler. I've been a skeptic. I've been, you know, I, I think a, a lot. I spend my life in a lot of, um, you know, reflection. And I think that's the way that God's called me and gifted me. And I'm great with it and all of those things. But at a certain point, you have to come to a place where you settle on some things. That doesn't mean you're not going to continue to have questions, worries, whys, all of those things. But if you don't come to a place where you settle on some things, where you have some places that you rest, where you have some places that you find comfort and relief, you will go through your life and you'll create, it creates in you a lifestyle of Mm -hmm. endless questioning. And none of us can live that way. We just can't live that way. It's not good for our soul. So have questions for the Lord. You'll, there's some questions you'll never have answered this side of heaven because only God will know them. But I I encourage you to have some places that you settle. Mm. 
so good. Gosh, I can listen to you preach all day. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here. I want to throw my shoe. I'm, I'm trying not to make <laughs> background noise for our editor. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Let's go on this self-help. Let's direct in this uh, place. You and I have been wanting to have this conversation for a minute, and yes, um, let's talk it. about this because we're talking about self-help. Uh, you, if y'all don't know, again with writing books. Lisa also has three podcasts. One is called Jesus Over Everything. That's kind of your main one, right? You're yeah, still yeah. there. Yep. And then Ministry Strong, which mm -hmm. is to pretty much the church, right? Ministry leaders yep. and kind of talking the big issues. I love that podcast. Listen to it every time it comes out. If you're not a follower, go listen. And then you also have one with Jamie Ivey under yep. launch, mm -hmm. which is just about parenting and being honest yep. in, in that real struggle. Mm -hmm. You did an episode on Ministry Strong, I think it was back in January or December. It was a while back, but it's titled Addiction. I listened to it, cued it up, and I was like, boom, she went there. And I was glad you did it. You were talking about why is it that some addictions seem more acceptable in the church than others? Yep. And you went after the food addiction, mm -hmm. food Um and so we started talking on that and I was like, wow, I'm so glad you went there. Uh, and from that season, we didn't know it was coming, but now we've entered into this time where Ozempic, it's basically a semeglutide, where we can, we're seeing people that can take a pill and get a result pretty quickly towards that. It, it really does feel like in many ways, you know, we've talked about the silver bullet for a long time. Is there a silver bullet? Is there a silver bullet? People are always looking for the silver bullet. As far as weight loss goes, this one seems to show up like that. You take a pill uh, and it, it, friends, if you don't know what it is, it's, it's actually a pill that was discovered um, for treatment for people with diabetes. Mm -hmm. And that's a real condition. People are, could potentially be dying. It's a fatal, if, if you're in that type uh, one dependent, it's something that can be super helpful. And, but they saw the side effect was quick, quick and rapid weight loss. And so then they opened it up to a market now worth technically through a doctor, you can go get it. And a lot of people are now going and getting it off label to use it for that fast fix. And many of them are in the church. Not many. I mean, I, there are some in the church doing that as well. And ministry leaders, from ministry leaders all the way down to, you know, um, people attending the Bible study. Tell me your thoughts on this, Lisa. Wow. Well, tell me, let's, okay, let me start this over. <laughs> um, there, there, Alisa, I have so many thoughts. Uh, I'm just trying to honestly, my, if you could open up the top of my brain, it is thinking, which thoughts do I give? I'm not sure if you know this or not. But just in case you don't, right now, The Body Revelation, my book that released in June is available everywhere and anywhere. Pick it up to learn how to metabolize pain, banish shame, and connect to God with your whole self. If your body has felt more like a problem to be solved than a mystery and a beauty to be discovered, then you need to pick up this book. Everything we do on this podcast back at Revelation Wellness over on the website in the app is pointing you towards this greater message of healing. But before we can receive good news with all of who we are, 
We've gotta be willing to look at some of the bad news. We can do this, friends. This is why we train. We can hold the tension. So I sure hope you will pick up a copy of The Body Revelation and let's keep training. Alisa, I have so many thoughts. Uh, I'm just trying to, honestly, if you could open up the top of my brain, it is thinking, which thoughts do I give? Um, I have a lot of thoughts. You and I have had private conversations about this. The truth is uh, I came to you and I said, Alisa, we we have to talk about this. Can we talk about this? Mm -hmm. I want to say, I really appreciate you being willing to have this conversation with me and to name, to name something. Here's one thing I want to say. One of the things that I think we struggle with is even something like this in this culture, people are very hesitant to name things that are causing problems. So they'll say, well, I, I, I don't, I don't want us to shame people in what they're doing. And I think that, that the enemy wants to use that so that we also don't call things out now. And so I think there is a, a line. I think there is a, I think there is a, a, a space here where we say, you know, it's not about shaming, but at a certain point, if there's also not accountability and there's not naming, then no one ever is, people are just continuing to do, do things, habits, patterns without Mm. people calling anything out. So we're, then there's no accountability in the church at all. And I think that's, that's Mm -hmm. a very scary thing. Um, Here's the problem that I have with this, Elisa is a a couple of things. First of all, I have a problem with us talking about, uh, you know, being healthy in our bodies and, you know, the true body, mind, spirit that the Lord has created us with as a genius God who wants us to be healthy in all of those areas of life. Mm -hmm. And we are are we really being healthy by taking quick pills and shots in order to just simply suppress our appetite when we know that the Lord has called us to nourish our bodies. And so because we don't want to have discipline or we, you know, it doesn't cure a food addiction by taking shots, by taking pills. And again, this isn't, we're not talking about this for a condition. We're talking about doing this recreationally because we want to lose 10 pounds or because we want to be thinner. The other problem I have is the desire to be beautiful in the eyes of culture where yeah, thin is the prized, um, you know, the, the, the prized, the look, Holy grail, mm-hmm. the Holy grail. And so we think, Um, A certain size is what is going to make us beautiful. And so because of that, we've bought into this idea of culture that, you know, we must be thin. But the problem is, when is thin enough? What is thin? All of those things. And so if we're allowing ourselves to be defined by culture, if we are looking at Instagram, if we are looking at models, if we are looking at filters, and we're looking and comparing ourselves, we're getting into this a uh, whole mindset that is very, very damaging. Um, the other problem, and then I'll, I'll, I'll I want your expertise uh, mm-hmm. because I am not an expert on the body, but I, I boy, I've, I've lived a long time with mine and I know the, mm-hmm. the places that I've been. Um, I'm concerned about uh, two more things. I'm concerned about what we're preaching, especially as, as, as Bible teachers, what we're preaching and to women about loving our bodies and loving ourselves, but might possibly be doing something different. Um, I'm also concerned about what 
mindset that it it creates in us. Uh, you know, I'm I'm someone who has myself in the past uh, had eating an eating disorder, and I I've just seen um, this happen in multiple people. How it creates actually can create an eating disorder in folks where you know then the mindset happens where then we want to be thinner and thinner and thinner as we see our bodies decrease because I have seen rapid weight loss from Ozempic and um, it's, it's quite jarring. So yeah, those are a few of my thoughts. And I love that guys, I'm going to put the the, um, show link to that podcast. You can go listen to it. I knew my audience would really like it, especially as you're addressing it from a leadership side, like what are we doing leaders if we're getting up and preaching one thing, but then we secretly still struggle with these, these addictions. And I think, you know, we all have things that we're struggling through. There is definitely for a leader, a huge, it's that tension of, I want to live my life pure before God. And I feel whatever my body doesn't feel like mine. It's a disassociation really, truly Mm. that we're still all in the process of healing. Here's what I want to say about Ozempic. Um, There, I do believe in a morbidly obese place, in a health crisis, your your health is on the line and something needs to change and you've tried everything. Um, okay, I'm not gonna judge there. Uh, I would, I'm grateful for medication where it can help out. But at the end of the day, it's still gonna come down to um, the the punting of, of our, our self-discipline, our self-attunement, our own behaviors and relationship with food and our own body. Uh, when you take a, anything like this, any type of substitute we do, all it does is uh, numbs whatever it is the body is is meant to do and quiets it down. It just kind of gives a person a moment to reprieve, which is maybe for some great. But if, especially in Ozempic, the fact that it slows down the processing of your food, it's basically like by... Um, bariatric surgery, a lap band surgery without the surgery. Mm -hmm. So it slows down your body's ability to process the food, which actually, this is the part that gets me, Lisa. And I think this is the one you just have to know everyone. You got to know this because you can't outsmart what God has designed. It will always come back. You will always have wisdom prevails. Wisdom cries out in the street. And everything has a price, by the way, everything has a price. Correct. What's going to happen down the line? And what are you, what are you teaching your body to do correct suppress or not do so everything has a price friends correct and so then when you get you know gets things get moving that's probably going to feel like some temporary relief but as you've just basically numbed the reward center of your brain you have numbed the reward relationship with food which is why people generally don't want to eat they don't feel as hungry and so boom down goes the weight um these medications, shots or pills, they're meant when it was initially created for diabetics, you're supposed to stay on it for the rest of your life because you're mm-hmm. a diabetic insulin dependent. So you're supposed to stay on it for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, but for people that want to lose that, I call it those vanity pounds or, mm-hmm. you know, it's really not your health isn't in any crisis. Um, it's such, it's just playing with fire because eventually you will have to come back to the same place. First of all, it's crazy expensive. Of course, we will see the prices come down. That's just generally what happens. But I do believe Lisa, I think this is going to become more 
available. We have no long-term research. We don't know what it's going to do, but we do know it's suppressing the reward centers of the brain, which seems so sad to me because God designed us as people of pleasure to enjoy food, but yes, not to be mastered by food. And this is a walk we all need to do, which is why books like God knows <laughs> and the, you know, my, the book, the body revelation. And of course the book, right. Both of our books yes. are like, let's point them to this. If I can meet you in your pro in your pain. Okay. But it's in the word of God. And knowing that this won't be shortcut. His word will endure forever. So when we take these temporary pains that we feel, my body is not what I want. I don't like my jiggle, whatever that is. We have to see that as that's spiritual warfare. And I think when we take an easier path out, we just have to realize at some point, this the way I lose it, the way I change it is the way I have to live it. And that's always the baseline. Yeah. And, you know, I just, as you're talking, I'm thinking just about the damaging mindset that, that, that it produces often, but also just what is our mindset that we're getting into and what is the influence that we are having to, to put us in a spot where again, we feel like we've got a shortcut, even things that, um, the discipline of, uh, you know, the, the, the issues that we're facing to get us to this point could produce in us. You know, I, I just want to say that for me, and I've written about this, I've talked about this. I did a whole series of podcasts on this in January on Jesus over everything about God knows what you've been through in your body. Because for me, Elisa, this is a tender subject just for like so many people, you know, I, I've, yeah. I've been through a lot of my body. A lot of us have been through so much in our body, whether it was comments by a well-meaning grandmother, whether it was, mm-hmm. you know, we mm-hmm. were, we were sexualized, you know, in our bodies, whether we were yeah. abused in our bodies. Like I am so tender to this. And that's one of the reasons I did those shows was because I thought, you know, I, I know that talking about it is, is even difficult. And, and I don't believe in this sort of hype culture about our bodies, because I know for us, yeah. so many of us as women, these things with our bodies go so deep. And so when I'm talking about things like addictions, and by the way, on that show, I was talking about even like how we have overweight pastors in the ministry. And because, so I was talking about it from a different point of view. I think we should be willing to talk about this from all points of view. I think we should be willing to be honest about this from all points of view. I'm willing to own my own stuff about this. I'm willing to say, and, and boy, it took me a long time, Elisa. Do you know that I had been writing books for so long? I had been preaching for so long. I've been talking for so long before I ever admitted I think it was in the hard good, which was, by the way, my eighth book. I, it was the first time I ever said that I had struggled with bulimia because there was such shame attached to it. I didn't want to talk about that. I'd been a Bible teacher. Like who wants to ever say that those things, but you know what finally made me do it? I wish I could say it was spiritual, but it, what, what, what it really was, was I thought I have put my body through so much that she deserves for me to say this out loud and write this down on paper, what I have actually put my body through. Mm. And, you know, that the Lord has given me this body that is able, 
that is able to walk, that is able to speak, that is able to use my hands to serve and touch people and love, you know, to honor her. I want to tell you the temptation is the same for me as everybody else to take a quick pill, to take Mm. a shot my whole life. You know, I want to look good like everybody else in a picture on Instagram. Mm. But when I'm tempted to do that, I think I've, I've put my body through so much and I want to honor my body. I want to honor the Lord by, you know, sometimes hard work. And, um, and I will tell you that, you know, sitting and writing is a sedentary lifestyle and it's, it's difficult for me sometimes to, to get up and move my body, but it's so important to do that. And all the things that you teach, which are so important, which produces creative thought and does all of these kinds of things. And so we rob ourselves so much when we shortcut. And so what I want people to hear me say, and I speak for myself, I I know you and I are so very aligned and it's so much of our thought and all of these things. But what I want people to hear me say is, you know, don't rob yourself of the gift of being able to move the body that God has given you and nourish the body that is given you. I mean, these are good gifts in, in all of the, 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 the the foods that he's given us and the, and the movement that he's given us. And and these things are just such a gift. And so they produce in us, not only, you know, all the maybe physical benefits, but also remember they produce in us spiritual benefits. They produce yes. us, you know, the, this relationship with the Lord and, and they have changed me profoundly in my, my mentalities. And so I get, I just, I get a little feisty, but I think it comes from a place of grief, honestly, Elisa, yeah. because yeah. I think, you know, as a Bible teacher, I want to be able to preach to women. Hey, this is a, this is something that happens inside your soul and mm. be more than than just thinking I'm some kind of woman that I'm a body that wears clothes and wears a cute smile on Instagram and posts yeah. like Girl, you're so much more than that. Come and on. so I think those are the places that really frustrate me. And I struggle with mm-hmm. when I, when I, when I know about this culture that we're getting into here, that's yeah. even made its way into Christianity and, and, yes. and thought leaders and Christian leader. I come on girls, you know, what yeah. are we doing? It's good. First of all, I just want to affirm, like, I love that you are contending for, and I'm agreeing with hard conversations. Yeah. Come to the table. Like, let's stop pretending we're all happy and one uniform thought. We have a lot of thoughts about things and people tend to not want the tension. And so we don't talk about it. I love that you're talking about these things uh, and saying, yeah, let's, let's bring our sadness together, bring our anger together, like bring it to the table instead of just pushing it down and then taking a shortcut another way. Cause all these things come out sideways if whatever we're, we're battling with. Right. I appreciate that with what you're doing. Okay. We, uh, I want to keep talking to you, but I don't want to hold you forever. I want people to know to go get your book. Where can they get the book? Uh, any book, Amazon, lisawhittle.com. Where do you want them to go? Yeah. All the places they can go to Amazon. They can go to lisawhittle.com. It's got all of them there. But I, I mean, I love you, Lisa. You've been on my show. It was incredible. People need to go listen to that. But also you're going to be back on my show, which I'm excited about. And your book is amazing. I, oh. I, uh, I endorsed it for a reason. I don't endorse a ton of books, but I'm this so one was, I was behind it because I mean, I look at you as someone that I go to for a lot of these conversations because I trust what you're doing. And I want to tell you, 
I want you to hear that because I don't, I don't trust everybody when it comes to the body. I don't listen Mm -hmm. to everybody when it comes to the body. I find it so important that this is rooted and grounded, these conversations, but also mentalities, teachers, when it comes to the body, that they're rooted and grounded in the word of God, because he is the one who created Mm -hmm. our bodies, but came up with the concept for everything we do from movement to eating, Mm -hmm. all of that. Everything is spiritual. Amen. Amen. And Jesus over everything. Yeah. All of it. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's true. All of it. Uh, okay. Rapid fire questions. I think I asked these for you last time. Let's see where they are now. Coffee, tea, or kombucha. What's your go-to? Oh gosh. Coffee. It's just, it's a co- are you no. a kombucha drinker at all? No. Ooh. Mm-mm. What? I know. Have you tried it? I have. It's, I don't love it. Mm-mm. I know. Some people think it just tastes like straight up vinegar. I yeah. got it. Okay. No. Um, your favorite way to move your body. I think it's the same as I said last time, but it's true. I love my desk bike. I I really do enjoy work because I like to work. I like to do two things at once. I don't, that's why I'm, I'm not a very good, like get your eyelashes done or whatever. I don't like to do all that because I, I want to be doing things at the same time. So I like to do my desk bike because I can work and ride a bike at the same time. I also do love my this is a true plug, but it's true. I love my Rev Wellness workouts. Hey, <laughs> I, do. I love that you love it. That's so awesome. That's so great. Thanks. I'm glad we love putting those out there and fantastic. What about your favorite, like athleisure wear? If I'm going to move my body, I'm going to wear this. Oh gosh. I like old Navy right now. I think uh-huh. some of their stuff is really good. I'm not, it is I mean, good. Yeah, I like that. And I do still do Target. I'm not a big, I don't wear, I don't spend a lot of money on that stuff. I mean, that's all right. Yeah. yeah. No. And by the way, I've said this to other people Old Navy is Athleta. So it's, that's true. That's actually stuff, true. Just You're a right. A little less expensive. So, yeah. Well yeah. done. Yep. Lisa, I bless you. Are you writing another book? What are you doing now? <laughs> I want to hold you accountable. You know what's true? No, I'm actually taking a sabbatical for, well, not not a true, I don't want to say too much. It's not like a sabbatical, sabbatical, but I'm taking a lot of time off this summer, but I have a Bible study coming out with, with the God Knows book. It's called Your God Knows. It'll be coming out in October. That's already written. That's already, that's already written. Don't worry. Is that why you were out in the canyon? Colorado. And you're going to now go hike rim to rim with me? Let's go. Yes. It's incredible. (laughs) But I also, also, this is really cool too. We have a we have a Lent we have a book coming out for um, Lent next year, and it's um, it's a book that I released back in 2013 that we're redoing for Lent. So it's not one that I'm writing, but it's really neat. It's it's my favorite book I've ever written. It's called I Want God, and it's actually the prequel for the trilogy that I just released. Okay. It's what started the whole thing. So, but it will be Lent, it will be a Lent resource. I'm really excited about that. All right. And no, starting a new podcast. Heavens. No, I'm trying to ditch. <laughs> I, no, don't tell Jamie. No, I love, lit, I love launch, but I'm, try, I'm trying to get rid of some of the ones I have. No, that's I, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, we love hearing from you. We bless yeah. you. We thank you. You're a friend of this community, a friend of this house and whatever you're doing, let us know. We, and you want a place to talk about it. Please come here. Thank you. 
friends, we hope this episode blessed you. And if you love it as much as we did, would you share it with a friend? And be sure to swipe up on the show notes. You will find all the links mentioned in the episode. Let's keep the conversation going. You can leave us an audio message and tell us how this episode sparked something in your heart. We would love to hear from you and hear what you think. Thank you for being here and be sure to connect with us soon in all the places. Peace.